John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. You have accessed entry 1016.LK1202, certificate number 21137, the Quadro Tracker. Wilma, I promise you, whatever scum did this, not one man on this force will rest for one minute until he's behind bars. Now let's grab a bite to eat. Yeah, come on. I feel like I've learned a lot about religion being a friend of yours. We talk about it quite a bit, and it comes up. Yeah, you seem like a more enlightened soul now. I feel like a, I feel yeah. like a, I feel like I've done good work here. Yeah, you have. You've brought the light into my life, and we both have uh, we both have moral codes. Yours is maybe a little more codified than mine. Mine has more footnotes. Yeah, mine's pretty ad hoc, but it's still pretty strong, wouldn't you say? I I, I have man of principle. That's right. Um, I, but I don't know. There are there's a lot really of... no other way to answer that question. By the way, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you say I have a strong moral code? <laughs> Uh, yes. No, I don't think so. I think there are a lot of ways that you could say, I don't Ooh, know. Don't you think you feel like you need to work on a little wiggly on golden stuff? rule? Yeah. And no, not at all. I uh, didn't hesitate a second. But I, um, I, I, I'm unclear on a lot of things, and one of them is there. There's no karmic element in Christianity, is there? Do you have a sense that there is justice in our time? Like, do, do you feel like people get their comeuppance? Uh, the and, religious question of comeuppance yes. is interesting. You know, Jesus did tell his followers that, you know, in his kingdom, the last would be first and the first would be last. Now, the question what, is, what does that mean? those who are currently advantaged oh. are going to reap the whirlwind. Those who are really having a rough time of it now are finally going to have something good happen to them it's now the camel through and uh, through the eye hole again that's you know that's karmic i guess but the question of the interpretation is is jesus saying you know you my followers should be building a world where this is possible that would kind of be the the activist uh marxist social justice uh <laughs> yes li- the liberation theologists exactly we should be liberated now and we should be liberating our fellow man as opposed to i think maybe a more traditional view which would be we're just going to have to suck it up now because life's uh, kind of a nightmare and what Christ promises is redemption from that in a different world to come. When you get to the gates of heaven and St. Peter asks you, what is your wish? Give us your wish, your one wish. Famously, I, I like how this combines the two great joke structures, the gates of heaven and then wishing on a genie. 
<laughs> the two funniest things that anybody in America could think of in the mid-century. You know, the, the idea of instant karma is one of the things that really appeals to Americans who want to piecemeal adopt Buddhism and yoga without any of the hard parts. What do you mean by instant? Is this like when what I, do I mean or what did John Lennon mean? Well, I like to watch dashboard cam videos where a car does something <laughs> stupid and then immediately gets sideswiped or gets pulled over or spins you, across traffic. What you don't see are the 10,000 dashboard cameras where people did something stupid and got away with it clean. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, life is so obviously full of that that you like to see the, the, uh, the actual comeuppances. Comesuppance? Comesuppance. Uh, are you saying that, uh, well, like, what, what do you mean by instant karma? Well, you, I mean, we use the term justice a lot in contemporary society with a lot of different interpretations of what justice means. And some people use it and, and, and you get the sense that they think it's synonymous with revenge. Right. And on the other hand, there's people who use it to mean perfect equity. Right. Uh, justice is however you try to define that is one of those words where at least right now it gets used a lot and everybody assumes that everybody agrees on what it means but in fact justice is pulling very well <laughs> what do you mean by justice exactly um instant karma is just that 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 i think the 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 hope that malfeasance will be rewarded in this lifetime with punishment you don't want people to get away with murder and par- a big part of our justice system and our reliance on the law and our confidence in the law is that you won't be unfairly prosecuted, but if you're guilty, it will be found out. Anecdotally, I think all of us move through our lives seeing people not compensated appropriately by the universe for their actions, right? You see the wrong people getting ahead all the time. Right. Why is Steve Bannon not already at the bottom of the ocean tied with chains to a cinder block. It's just, it's, it's just an anomaly. It's just a, it's a, a, a fissure in the, Gen- in the curtain. Generally, these observations are in the form of the first person. Like, why don't I have oh. fill in the blank? No, you it's know? just, like, I'm just out to get Steve Bannon. That's yours. Yours is very focused. I feel like you're like I'm the, fine. You're the Captain Ahab of, <laughs> of Steve Bannon. No, but just generally we make these comparisons and, you know, in coordination with ourselves. Like I slave away and I blah, blah, blah. And this has to happen to me. And yet it's amplified by social media where we, uh, where others get to um, post their wins or lie about their uh, happiness um, in order to project an outward. Samalucrum of having no problems. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, I got hit by an internet tidal wave that was maybe not in exact relativity to <laughs> proportion to the crimes to, I've committed to the story, in life. To the story you had told, I haven't been the best person, but but uh, but there are people then in the world that seem to be able to say uh, stage insurrections against our government that that walk away with impunity. But for the most part, it feels like the justice system is doing a fairly good job of rewarding criminals with punishment and with protecting the innocent relative to either a lack of justice system or justice systems in prior times. It is not the ideal justice system, but, but like the dash cam videos, we spend a lot of time seeing the instances where 
Right. It doesn't work. And, and you know, all it takes is crossing a border into a place where there's a strong corruption economy and justice outcomes are just related to who handed who what size check or what denominations of money in a briefcase. I've told you about the hour I spent sitting at the Slovenian border while the guy said my papers weren't in order and I didn't and I kept failing to get his hint. I think so. And how much did you how much did you end up paying to get into None. Slovenia? He just you're got still, so that explains why you're not in Slovenia today. Uh, that's right. That's right. I no, I was in Slovenia trying to get out. Oh. Um well you apparently made it. The number of times that this I've been This is the most boring version of Midnight Express. <laughs> I've been hit up for bribes so many times and I never get the hint. It's like it's like when somebody in a bar is like, "Hey, you know, what are you doing later or whatever?" and I never get the hint. I'm always like, "Oh, I got a lot of stuff to do." <laughs> Oh, good question. Well, I've got this spreadsheet I've been working on of... Uh... <laughs> I'll probably go home and play guitar. Oh, do you want to walk me home? Oh, you live like a long way away. I know I know somebody headed that way. Ah. Um, but there are, there are certain sort of... And this often happens in the financial crimes sector where some white-collar criminal will do an incredible amount of damage to the world, mm-hmm. a, a, a damage that reverberates out through their, you know, shuffling of paperwork, their Ponzi scheme and, um, their mismanagement of Lehman brothers. Yeah. And in the end, it feels like they, they're, they got a slap on the wrist. There was no, no they, punishment. They played tennis for five months at a low security facility. Yeah, and then you know somebody else, somebody else bought who, weed three times exactly, and they're in prison for the rest of their lives. So there are those. There, I mean, there are so, so many inequities, but there are that kind of inequity often um, chafes because a banking crime can throw the whole nation upside down, and hundreds and hundreds of people lose their mortgages, and and that person gets a bonus. Uh, Get, you know, get, gets forcibly retired and gets all their options vested. It's a little unsavory peek into how laws get written and why. You know, the, yeah. pe- the people drafting the laws know how well it pulls to say we're going after these drug criminals selling drugs to your to your kids, ma'am. Whereas, you know, you could probably make let's send these let's send my rich friends to jail. You could probably make that a, a, a winning electoral issue. But it, it would be your friends you're sending to jail. Listen, I don't want to hear your Marxist take on it, Ken. Dang it. That's enough. Hold what? up hold hold up your uh there you go. I am not compatible with Marxism at this. I'm just so I'm just so tired of the world. Maybe maybe I should just spend the rest of this episode just talking about video games. No, I'm gonna keep going on the topic that I've chosen today. Which is which is Drum I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you yet. That, it would really violate all all precedent <laughs> if you did. But I, I thought I would take a shot. <laughs> well, you know there are a lot of problems in the world. And, Granted, uh, 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 name some of those problems. Mm, there is uh, climate change. Okay, don't there is. don't get all hippie on me. Name well, some other problems. What, 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 what am I supposed to say? Like when the parking meter won't take your credit card? There you go. Okay, that's a real one. That's a real problem. No, there are lots of problems. And problems, as you just indicated, are um, different groups and different people see the problems very differently. You and I would say climate change. 
is a major problem. A lot of people would say. Apparently, I would say climate change. You would say the credit card app. Not the credit working. card app. No, I was just I was just being fun because I agree that climate change is a problem. I'm not really worried about you know here in Seattle if the credit card doesn't work in your parking meter, it doesn't work anymore or it doesn't matter anymore because somebody I don't know if you've experimented with this, but somebody said to me a couple of months ago, the Seattle cops aren't ticketing people for parking anymore because there's not enough money in the budget and they're sucking their thumb about uh, about defund the police. They're dragging their feet. And so they're not doing it. And I was like, oh, that seems a little crazy. And they were like, no, try it. Just park somewhere and don't put money in the meter and see what happens. And as you as you can attest, in Seattle, you used to get a ticket if, you, if the meter was expired for three minutes. I was in a two-hour spot near Cinerama and I saw a two-hour and ten-minute movie and I got a ticket. A ticket, right. So I don't know when it was, a month or two ago, I parked in a spot and I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay the $60 ticket or whatever it is just to see if there's any truth to this. No ticket. I came back hours later. Proof. And so then I stopped paying the parking meters and I don't get tickets. It's like, a, it's like anarchy. It's crazy town. Now, we were talking about our various moral stances. Yeah. And I, I watch the leaders. I don't follow leaders. You you don't watch the parking meters. I used to always put in the maximum amount, even if I was only going to be there for a few minutes, because you never know when somebody comes along, you meet somebody on the sidewalk, they're like, let's go on an adventure. You're like, oh, I only put in 10 minutes on the parking meter. So I always put in the maximum amount. For adventure. So I, just in case. So I feel like I've paid into the system and now I'm reaping its benefits. I was going to a Husky it's game. It's like social security. That's your money. That's right. I invested it, and now it's coming home true. I went to a Husky game, and I didn't want to go down to the university to, to uh, deal with all that. And I pulled up in front of the Broadway light rail station, and there was a parking spot right in front of the door to the, to the light rail station. Wow. But it had a one-hour limit or something, and I was going to be at the Husky game all afternoon. And I said, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice on this again. Came out. 5 p.m. There was the there was the truck. No no ticket. I have some terrible news because I do not want you to get a ticket. Okay, it, it would wound me. Okay, my son came home from college the other day and he was furious. He was like, "I got another parking ticket," and, I, and we said, "What do you mean another one?" He's like, "Well, I parked in the same place where I got a parking ticket last week, and they gave me another ticket. Why are they ticketing me again? They already ticketed me for parking ah! there." He was I love him. he was furious at the injustice. I love him. That he would get <laughs> he would get a ticket again for parking in the same illegal spot. He didn't do the thing we used to do, which is take carry the ticket around in your glove box and put it on put it on the thing every time your car and hope that the <laughs> He said uh he said where am I supposed to park? It's right in front of my house. And I think Mindy's the one talking to him on the phone and she said, "Where's uh well, does the sign say it's for zone whatever only? Does the sign say it's 2 hours except for zone whatever?" And he's like, "No. Wait, yes." Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> well, for you know, it is for people who live there to park it, but you have to go get a a zone twelve thing so they know you're a resident. So apparently, in the U district, they are still enforcing the neighborhood zones. Yeah, the neighborhood zones. I hate to break this to you. Well, it's all right. I, I actually I don't go to town anymore. So this I've only ever done this three times. I was, I was gonna I was trying to make it sound like this was my new scheme, but I was I was yeah you're in I was hosting Jeopardy the other day and some woman announces for she's Humble from brag. she's from yeah yeah. Awesome. <laughs> As you do, she's hosting Jeopardy. 
And uh, one of the contestants is from Seattle. So when I walk over to get uh, the photo, we take a little photo together. You get a souvenir photo with the host, whether you want it or not. Uh, I said, oh, where in Seattle do you live? And she says, I live right above. And she names a, a, a parking garage where I park all the time. And she says, oh, that's funny. I've parked under your building. And she says, yeah, a lot of people do. You know what? They're not enforcing it now. And I was like, this is the first, this is the, like news you can use. This is the most exciting announcement I've ever heard on the Jeopardy set. You park there a lot. Is that, you know, they're, they're not enforcing in her building. I, you're, you're, you've got a, a smile across your whole face. Are you going to start not paying at the parking garage? What if she's pranking me? I don't think so. That she, doesn't seem like something. I think she, she was in second place, I think, when she told me this. So maybe she was unhappy with me. Uh, I think I might. I don't want to announce. Maybe do, it. do maybe, it. I don't want to say where it is. Do it, Ken. I'm going to put it on the Patreon. If you give it, a, if you give it the uh, <laughs> at the Seattle Scoff Law tier, I'll tell you which uh, highly in demand parking garage is no longer <laughs> enforcing parking at the moment. Well, a lot of people in the country are less concerned with parking uh, and more concerned with uh, gas and and uh, food prices or yes. whatever. But I think the perennial things for people to be worried about are crime and drugs and uh even if crime is actually quite low you can still angry people off about it they get angry about it and also um the things that go along with crime and drugs including guns and uh water buffalo i mean it's the usual stuff a lot of the people mad about crime and drugs are not mad about guns Right, except guns in the wrong hands, right? This sure. is the, the famous thing, like the NRA somehow never recruited in Watts, uh, <laughs> even though there probably would have been a great, you know, a great organization there. So, yeah, there, there, are, there are the guns in the hands of the gun people, and then there are the other guns. Can you tell me anything about guns. the hands the gun are in so I know how to feel about this? Tell me about the pigment of those hands. It's just, it's just a kind of thing about hands. Some hands know how to handle guns. Other hands don't. If you're selling guns, you have a much broader sense of who should own a gun than if you are enforcing sure. the laws about guns where your opinion changes. So crime and drugs really angry up middle America, independent voters. Well, but you know, that's true. But also crime and drugs angry, as you say, angry up. Is that a like a Gen Z term that you're adopting? Angry up. I feel like it's like an old-timey prospector. Oh. That angried me up. Yeah, angried up my blood. I don't know if I've ever heard it. It might be a frontier phrase that maybe, skipped my people. Maybe I made it up. But uh, drugs and guns are global issues. They angry up a lot of people, and also they justify an awful lot of spending. Uh, Police spending and military spending to interdict guns and drugs as they flow freely between nations. Um, The U.S. government has made it in their their award-winning global anti-drug war. Uh, what, good housekeeping? Who's, who's, who's giving the drug war a seal of approval? I think of all the drug wars, the one that the United States has been waging for the last 40 years has got to be in the top five. Second place, the banned war on drugs. Um, so there's a, the United States has enlisted a lot of other nations in its, uh, in its global war on drugs. And other nations have then 
taken the lead and started their own war on drugs because often drugs are used by the insurrectionist Marxist guerrillas to fund their campaign against the the junta. Well, they fund all kinds of no good nicks. Yes. And it's whoever is opposing the current regime. Whoever is opposing the current regime. And the problem, of course, is that we have a lot of technology now. We have drones and we have undersea radar and we have vibraphones. We have psychics. Vibraphones? Yeah. Uh like Lionel Hampton? We have, we have, in fact, Lionel Hampton's vibraphone. It's, we know where it is. It's posted on the Mexican border. <laughs> we have the internet. We have lots of snitches. But it's still very hard to, um, to enforce the law. Drugs and guns are small. Yes. The secret of drugs and guns, they're small. You can make a gun only so small, but you can make a drug very Drugs small. are like a powder. Yeah. Imagine keeping out... The, keeping that out of the cracks. If you're teaching Chong, you can make a whole van out of drugs. And it's like, there's nothing in this van. It's empty. Ha ha, joke's on you. The van is made of drugs. That seems like it would not be safe. No, no, your there tailpipe are, heats up and it catches Yeah, on. there are parts of your car that should not be made of drugs. And then Stacy Keach gets all stoned. <laughs> is this up in smoke? Yeah, right. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe maybe we'll do an omnibus someday on the, on the great films of Cheech and Chong. Chichen Chong could be an omnibus just by virtue of having enormous cultural currency and, and now and very little. <laughs> like if you were born after 1980, 80, I think, would you, even if you were born in 1980, would, I guess you would know about Chichen Chong. There'd be, there'd I'm still be a sure. poster like, in a the few, basement. A few VHS tapes somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, although I don't know. Parents, take, take your kids aside and teach them about Cheech and Chong. It's never too early. <laughs> if you were a stoner now, is Cheech and Chong part of, if you were like a 20-year-old stoner, is it part of like the stoner collected like juggerot of wisdom? No. Like you have somebody, you know, if you have Cheech and Chong filtered through, <laughs> dude, where's my car? Or right, something. right, 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 right. Um, it, it, I almost wonder if it wouldn't read as funny. I almost wonder if it's too broad. You would be like, this kind of drug humor doesn't resonate with me, and I am on so many drugs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, nobody really slips and falls in a Cheech and Chong movie, and they're pretty sexist, let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of technology used to stop the flow of drugs and guns, but that technology often involves uh, squadrons of helicopters and... Um, you know, fortified borders in the case of the United States, uh, giant expensive. border walls. It's very expensive. And what, um, what everyone wants in law enforcement is something small and reliable that can help you detect, uh, drugs. It doesn't have to be guns. constitutional. Hey, they'll say, they'll tell you right off. Look, it doesn't have to be constitutional. I just want something small. Right. I just want something small. That can help me find drugs and guns. And I think Star Trek really uh, 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 kind of influences people here because a tricorder <laughs> is such an elegant little device. And I mean, you're more of a Trekkie than I am. Can you tell me all the things a tricorder can do? I don't know. It, it often just seems you can hold it up to anything and it will tell you. I mean, it's usually used on on uh, organisms. Yeah. You hold up a tricorder and a, Jim, this man is dying. Jim, this man is pregnant. 
Jim, right. this man's actually a, an Orion slave trader. Right. Uh, but do they ever hold up a uh, like a tricorder to a rock and tell the composition of the rock? I feel, they like, do, right? I feel like maybe, yeah. yeah. It, it does it all. And the idea that, you know, as a plot device, you can turn to somebody on the bridge of Star Trek and be like, tell me what's happening on the planet. And Spock will look in a thing designed to keep the audience from seeing this so they don't have to pay for it. And Spock will say, the people are rioting on the planet or the, the solar storms are increasing on the planet or, you know, the idea is, you know, your, your starship just has magic beams yeah. that will do whatever the plot requires without the budget having to pay for it. Yeah, Scott, Spock looks into like one of those 3D, <laughs> yeah. uh, like black and white. He's got like a big Viewmaster yeah, for some Viewmaster, reason. Yeah, Viewmaster, um, yeah. It's one of the disappointing things about... Uh, phones and digital watches, uh, internet-connected phones and watches, is that there's just not... Those watches are... They can tell you your your heart rate, but they can't even really tell you your blood pressure because right. it requires, like, two different systems of measurement. Um, but you can't hold your watch up, believe me, I've tried, to another person and have it tell you anything about them. Somehow there are magic rays on the electromagnetic spectrum we have not discovered yet yeah. that would give us this information. We have not harnessed them. You walk into any business now and they ask you to scan a QR code to look at a freaking menu or do anything anymore. Like, hi, welcome. Scan our QR code. No, I don't want to. I know I can. I have the technology. And that's not even good tech. That's not even magic tech. That's no. just like, you know, you are you could learn to do that. You could learn to read a bunch of white and black squares and be like, this is the one that says the cheeseburger has bacon on it. <laughs> but what you can't do is turn the camera phone on and scan, for instance, you and have it tell me anything useful about you. No. Luckily. Well, I, don't want to, I don't want you to know that I'm an Orion slave trader. Right. But if I were in law enforcement, I would be a little... A little, I think even... You'd want to scan everything. I would. I'd be a little more chuffed. People in that line of work start out suspicious and they get more suspicious as their career goes on because of all the <laughs> unsavory things they that happen to them. Particularly if I were standing guard at a border, say, between Slovenia and Austria, and I wanted to check for contraband, uh, I would be very frustrated that my... That, that, that the people that were smuggling would say, just scan the QR code. It tells you everything that's in the van. And it tells you, it doesn't tell you that it's full of drugs or made of drugs. So we have not replaced the mirror on a long stick. Well, actually, Ken, we have. <gasps> what is mirror 2.0 on a long stick 2.0? The, the new mirror on the, and, and the mirror on a stick, uh, Ken is making reference to a Cold War era uh, way of, that the East German border guards used to de try and detect whether there were any border hoppers. Under your car, under, under your, your Citroen? Yeah, your Citroen. But they had like basically a hand mirror on a long pole. I guess that maybe they still use those at borders. I bet those get used for others. I've seen them in movies for, is there a bomb on this thing? Oh, right. Thing? I haven't crossed the East German border in several years. So. Not, few people have. Yeah. Um, yes, in the 90s, the, uh, the technology finally caught up with the demand and, uh, and for the first time, enabled the construction of a technology device that allowed for the, um, how would you say, the detection uh -huh. of uh, all kinds of contraband uh, with, a, with a simple handheld device called the Quadro Tracker. Quadro. The Quadro, quadro Tracker. Quadro mean, meaning four. Qua well, 
Quadro meaning four, although the inventor of the Quadro tracker was a man named Wade L. Quaddlebaum. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> and so, so he's a Harry Potter character. Yeah, Wade L. Quaddlebaum, uh, presumably named at least the first part of the Quadro tracker uh, after himself. He could have called it the Quaddle tracker, but that wouldn't, I don't think, have sounded as technological. Like law enforcement wants something that sounds cool and masculine, yeah. like f- that might be in the movie Delta Force. And even Wade L. Quattlebaum isn't like the most sort of jump no. out of an airplane name. No, he sounds like a little <clears throat> elf or gnome. Well, Wade uh, was a card salesman from South Carolina and an avid golfer. And uh, before he became an inventor, um, like most inventors, when they come up with something, right, they, they, they initially have a problem that they need to solve. Um, and then they turn their imaginations and their, their, their technical skill to solving this problem. And then in solving it, they realize they've made something that can actually help the world. Right. That's how Beanie Babies got invented. Somebody was like, I want a baby, but I don't, you know, but I, but I want it to be made of beans. Full of bean, or, yeah. bean bags. Yeah. And, uh, and somebody was like, aha, right. You have an aha moment. In the case of Wade L. Quattlebaum, uh, what he, ha- his main problem he was trying to solve was that he kept losing golf balls on the golf course. And he, he wished there were a device to enable you to to detect, to find your golf ball. and find your missing, and golf. he doesn't want to put any kind of tracer or tracker in the golf ball. See, that would be your first thought, right? right. <clears throat> I I left my wallet on a plane the other day, and I was kicking myself for not getting one of these little tracker things you can put in your wallet that'll tell you where it is. Yeah, were um, you though? Well, you know, I've thought of, I've you know, I've I've left this is like the second or third time I've left a wallet on a plane because you know you sit down and it kind of hooches up out of your pocket and then mm. and yeah, it's a little bit sexy. And each time I do this, I think if I had just bought whatever that $65 chip is that sits in your wallet, I would have something to go on here. I wouldn't feel so powerless. And each time I do not do it. And then luckily American Airlines had my wallet. But Oh, they did? Yeah. I was, I was as surprised as anyone. And they got you back. Uh, they got the wallet back. Not the money. They put the money in a safe. We'll send you a check no. in six to eight weeks. Really? Yeah. They're, they're worried about you. Oh, they have the money. They, yeah. They didn't, they didn't just... Um, disperse it to the flight attendants on the flight as tips. They just don't keep it in the wallet for security reasons. Well, you know, I actually dropped my wallet one time on the Hoover Dam and it was full of money. It was so, it was bulging. It was bulging with money. Nice humble brag. I was on, I was on, I was at the end of a tour. I had all this cash in the wallet. I dropped it on the Hoover Dam and I got a letter from a park ranger at the Hoover Dam. They're honest folks. The and Rangers. they said, we found your thing. And um, and they sent it back to me, but it did not have any of the many, many uh, dollars that were, that had been in it formerly. Do you feel like the Ranger claimed a reward? Well, I don't, I, I'm not going to say that the Ranger did. I think probably some tourist found it and then took the money and then gave the wallet to the ranger. Right? Uh, Doesn't that seem more? I agree. Yeah. Some sleaze that was coming from Vegas that had lost everything found like this wallet with. And let's face it, you were getting paid under the table by club owners. You weren't going to pay taxes. Hey, come on. That's not true. (laughs) Wade Quattlebaum, who was a 
He was a Navy veteran of the Korean War. He was a car salesman, an avid outdoorsman. You haven't um, said anything about his engineering background. <clears throat> well, he didn't have a ton of engineering background, but that wasn't necessary, as we'll soon see. Um, he went to work devising a golf ball finder. And in the process of discovery, and this happens a lot, you'll see it in pharmaceuticals a lot, where you develop, like, my bi bipolar medicine is an anti-seizure drug that they discovered uh, helped uh, with bipolar people because they gave it to somebody that had both problems. And the person said, well, oh my seizures are still here, but, but weirdly I feel. I have a better attitude about it. Yeah. I feel less like driving all night without putting gas in the car. Um, Wade started to work on his golf ball finder and quickly discovered that the golf ball finder could detect not only golf balls, but drugs, weapons, explosives. It could find specific people. This is surprising. It could detect alcohol, gold, silver, uh, missing children, dead pets, dead pets, wild game. Uh, it it was good at uh, detecting ivory. In fact, it could detect almost anything. This is remarkable. Yeah, because there is detection technology. You know, we have radar detectors, we have metal detectors. Yes, but they work on certain principles of looking for kind of one specific wavelength or substance, whereas. There's not a lot that a dead pet has in common with a golf ball or a, a, you know, kilo of weed. Well, let me explain some of the technology to you. Um, this might go over your head. It's pretty technical uh, language. I'm not an engineer. But um, <clears throat> the way that the quadro tracker works is that um, oscillating static electricity that's produced by respiration in the in the user but also in the target it charges free floating neural electrons uh, within what i'm about to describe the signature card that's in the device um and and then that sort of amplifies the major strength of the signal uh i'm kind of getting Turbo and cabulator. It uses vibes. nuclear quadrupole resonance. Wait, nuclear quadrupole resonance? Yeah, yeah. I know you. You think not nuclear quadrupole resonance, but yes, it's just a coincidence that it uses the quad prefix of his name. That's lucky. Yeah, it's well, it's yeah, quadrupole resonance. It also uses DIA slash paramagnetism. <laughs> okay, um, all of this. We'll see in a moment. Um, the device is handheld, and it has it has basically three elements. There's the locator card, which I've described. Which um, the locator card you you buy from the Quadracorp, and um, those locator cards are infused with elements. Uh, with the signature elements of the things you're trying to detect. Oh, okay. That's why I can do such a broad array. Yeah. You'd have to slide in an ivory card if you're looking for ivory. Exactly. You put the card into a card reader, which you wear on your belt, and then the card reader is connected through a, a tube to the handheld unit. What, like a wand you're holding or something? Well, it's kind of, it's um, it's like a... Well, it's a black plastic box, and then it has a metal wand that sticks out the front, and 
when the device is in action, it it uh, is powered by your personal, the operator's static electricity, and the wand will direct itself toward the contraband uh, oh, that it's, it's detecting. It's not. It doesn't beep or anything. The wand will actually move <clears throat> like a dowsing. Instrument. So it is. It works very much like a dowsing rod. The wand will follow. It will point you in the direction of the thing that you're trying to find. Um, you can imagine that law enforcement was uh, thrilled at the invention of this. I mean, this revolutionizes so much of what they do. If they can just point a wand at the drugs or the gun and, and be drawn to it. That's absolutely right. And th- uh, there was a uh, another version of the card reader that actually would accept Polaroid pictures of missing people. And it could then read the Polaroid and determine from it uh, the the key sort of uh, nucleotides that then would allow it to use oscillating static electricity to tell you the location of people uh, up to uh, the, they had tested it reliably up to a distance of over five hundred miles, did, but did, they it seemed like it might work a, an infinite distance. An infinite distance. The person, the nucleotides could be on Mars. Or the other side of the Earth, yes. Was this actual language he used, nucleotides? Uh, no, I think I might oh, have uh, okay. I might have uh, added nucleotides. But the idea is that something about the appearance of the person in the picture is detectable by the device. Yes. That, 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 would, then, that would then enable the device to detect the person. Even if they're not in line of sight. Yes. See, uh... Oh, they could be underwater or buried in the ground. I've already had some... I've already had some difficulties understanding how this invention could possibly work. And the Polaroid is really stretching my credulity. Well, that puts you in a category of people, um, like I'd say, <clears throat> within this story, in a in a minority of people my <laughs> rarefied that didn't understand uh, just in, instinctively the technology on offer and enthusiastically embrace it that was the 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 main response was enthusiasm when he introduced the quadro track yes the the version that uh, accepted polaroid pictures cost $8000 a unit wow uh, but you could get them at different prices depending on the capabilities, depending on the uh, the signature locator cards you wanted uh, that came with the kit. What, did you? What, what was the era here? When is this happening? So the QuadraCorp was founded in 1993. 90s. <clears throat> the 90s, 1993. I was going to guess wrong by decades. By Wade Quattlebaum. And very quickly, the uh, the QuadraTracker became the must-have item in uh, both law enforcement circles and school districts in certain parts of the country. And police, this, police departments were buying these. This may come as a surprise, but they were uh, purchased by purchased in, in large amounts by the school districts uh, of the states of Kansas, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, et al., we hate to generalize, but um, within uh, the state of Texas, they bought them searching for and uh, used them to search for missing children and drugs. They're, they're slipping Polaroids into this baby of the missing kid. They, uh, they paid 
I think, 3000 uh, a piece for the units. Maybe there was a Texas cop discount. And for at least a couple of years, they were used to detect drugs, which, oh, I forgot to mention, the Quadra Tracker could detect drugs that you'd taken. Even if you didn't have any drugs on you, it could tell whether you had taken drugs up to weeks after. So the wand is just moving toward a suspect in a car or... Or, or in a lot of cases, or an alley or... a student walking into their oh, high school. I see. It enabled the police to single out uh, individuals. You know what police love to do? Mm. Single out individuals. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why they got into it. It's one of the things, right? And, and schools, too. Um, and this continued for a couple of years until a suspicious... Now, this is... This is a guy kind of like you, Ken. We haven't seen anyone suspicious in this story yet. So far, everyone's been credulous. An FBI agent, no less, named Ron Kelly, uh, who was a Texas FBI agent, but he was talking to a friend from Louisiana who was on a narcotics task force. And the friend said, oh, man, we got this great quadra tracker. It's really helping us find all the drugs and the kids that are on drugs and and, uh, so forth and so on. And he said... Really? Can I get a, can, you know, can I borrow one for a little bit and uh, just test it out? Here, this guy, this Mr. College here. Is he already like, oh, you know, is, or, or is he excited about the invention? I think, think that he's, skeptical he's, already? he's a little skeptical because he runs it through the x-ray machine that they keep at the courthouse to see if you have any chewing gum in your purse. Mm-hmm. And uh, his findings in looking at an x-ray of the device, leads him to contact the FBI. Now, there's something about the Quadra Tracker. When you look at it, it would seem pretty easy to dismantle. Uh, but nobody seems willing to do it, and I think it's because it voids the warranty. Ah, I see. And so they... You they, have to send it to Wade for repairs. Yeah, so they acquire a Quadra Tracker, uh, the FBI does, and they send it to the Sandia National Laboratory. And uh, Sandia does extensive uh, sort of uh, research into the Quadra uh, tracker and conclude that there are no electronics of any kind within the device. I mean, to me, that just makes it a more remarkable invention. Imagine, well, imagine it doing all that it can do without a single piece of electronics. You, uh, you are not alone in, in that assessment, as we'll see. Um, what they what they determined was that it had some wires that were not connected to anything. There was an antenna that was the an antenna from a transistor radio. See, so you're saying it doesn't have electronics in it, but look at all this cool stuff it has. I mean, it has parts for sure. And then it had, uh, and then the, the, the chip, the key element of the technology, the locator chip within the device was actually <laughs> a fig Newton. No, it was, uh, it was, it probably tasted similar to a, fr- a fig Newton. It was dead ants, which had been frozen and then epoxied to a piece of paper. Is this how? Ha- is this something that would, uh, if you were trying to mock up a circuit board, is this what you would do? Freeze dry ants and <clears throat> paste them to a piece of paper? 
you you could do better you could do better just by going to radio show. The, the thing is that there are a lot uh, there's a lot we don't understand. Ken, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of magic in the world. Life is full of mystery. Um so the so Sandia Labs comes back to the FBI and says uh this is not uh, what we would, you know, this we we do not find any electronics in it at all. I see no method at all, they said. <laughs> uh and Quadro uh Inc re- replied with a press release that said uh inductors and oscillators found in our device aren't the type usually thought of by electronics experts. I see. So. You need to think outside the box. Exactly. If you want to find out what's inside the box. Exactly. The problem was that um, that uh, Quattlebaum and his company, which at this point had sold over 1,000 of these devices uh, for between $3,500 and $8,000 apiece, uh, had made some false claims. What? They had claimed that the device was endorsed by the FBI, the DEA, and the National Institute of Justice. And that gives some cover to the local agencies. Oh, the FBI has these? Well, we'll take some. Exactly. I mean, you would expect them to look into those claims. But but investigating the business, uh, it was discovered that the two main um, you know, promoters of the business were actually assistant U.S. attorneys in the Houston office, two men by the name of Guy Womack and John Wagner. Oh, and these guys were really gung ho about it. They were they were the ones that were promoting the device. They were they were the they were in in addition to being U.S. attorneys, they were also on the board, I guess, uh, the board of directors of QuadroCorp, and had been promoting and pushing the device. And um, although were. Uh, but they were never charged. Uh, Guy Womack pled the fifth in his deposition like 40 times. And eventually he resigned from the U.S. Attorney's Office and paid a $5,000 fine, but was never prosecuted. Uh, there were four mail fraud indictments uh, against the four main – Quattle Bauman and his three – the three other people that worked in his office. The quadruplets? Uh, they were all indicted for mail fraud, and all four were acqui- uh, acquitted. Acquitted? Acquitted. Uh, because... What's the defense here? Well, I'm not... Sh- we, we thought it worked? I'm not sure... We thought the ants that, could do that? That, that, that dead ants not connected to a uh, transistor radio antenna can be shown not to detect drugs better than random chance. Um, I'm not sure, you know, acquitting in the United States is not, it's not the craziest thing that happens in a court case. It seems like a weird criminal scheme. Um, if you're looking for someone, I mean, I guess let's say you're looking for a golf ball. Well, let's say you're looking for someone to defraud as, as scam artists often are. I mean, I guess the virtue of picking, you know, law enforcement in school districts is that they have considerable budgets right but they may not have subject area expertise i mean and a lot of wishful thinking there's so much credulity at work because it does feel to a non-technologist let's say someone not in biometrics it does seem almost possible that you could hold up a 
you could hold up your cell phone to somebody and 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 they would say, "Oh, I can see your heart beating and it's got and you have uh it seems like uh, Khan has put a, put like a little lobster in your ear." This does seem like the implementation is not particularly plausible though. Like if it actually beeped sometimes. Right. That's what you would want. The fact that it works like a dowsing rod? Yeah. That, that just seems to it does. That raises a lot more questions than it settles. For me it raises a lot of questions about what exactly is a criminal justice major major in college, right? You know <laughs> yeah, like right. cops now have to get a college degree and what are they teaching? Uh but this isn't just I mean it's not individual cops that are buying this. This is police departments and and school boards that are budgeting that are yeah, the allocating I mean that almost makes funds. it worse. Presumably yeah. the people in those positions should have some kind of training in which tools go in our budget this year and yes. let's read the reports about them. It's what makes Ron Kelly such an unusual character, such a hero in this story. <laughs> Is uh But so that's it, not the end of the story. So it never did anything. It's well, I don't I mean what what are you, happened? Af- are you afraid of getting sued? <laughs> what what happened was that when the word went out from the FBI and the FBI issued a uh, like a press release saying the Quadro tracker is not a thing. It doesn't do anything. It's a fraud, and we're sorry that you spent eight thousand dollars on them, but they no don't. refunds. Yeah, um, a lot of pushback happened from school districts who said who had had a bunch of success. Yeah, who said, well, you know, we're not. We're not sure, you know, about the technology. That's not our business. But we can tell you we've had a ton of success. We've kicked so many kids out of school. In detecting uh, criminals, right? And it's a case. um, They did a lot of double-blind tests. And it was a a case where if the operator uh, who had charged the device with their static electricity, if the operator knew uh, where the drugs were, they had a 100% success rate in seeing the, the the quadro tracker detect the drugs. If they didn't know where the drugs were, the quadro tracker uh, behaved or, you know. Zero percent. Well, or, or it was equal to what chance would, you know, like if you had five people to pick one, you know. If you average out zero and a hundred, you get 50%. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is basically, it seems like a, a retelling of the facilitated communication story where people are are not aware of the tiny muscle movements that can let the subconscious mind uh, direct you. And so they feel like, well, the, the wand was definitely pulling me that way. I, right. It has to, to work. To the kid I know is right. it, a it, bad kid. It went to the Latino kid again. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. That kid that wears his hat on backwards, he was carrying drugs and the machine told me. So there were school districts. And there's also probably the phenomenon that you can frisk a lot of kids at a high school in 1993 and, and they'll have drugs. Eventually, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, there were school districts and, and, uh, and, um, law enforcement that, that said, okay, well, it may not work the way you think it does, but we're going to keep using it. The FBI was very clear. You cannot use the quadra tracker as probable cause. Like if any of these cases go to court, you can't rely on the, but I guess schools care less. They're just going to suspend the kid. They're just going to grab the kid and put him up against the wall. And it's, you know, it's a stop and frisk, basically, an excuse to say, uh, we, you know, this is a Kansas school district. We only know who the bad kids are, and now we've got a quadra tracker to, to prove it. 
How long did this last? Well, it, the business, uh, QuadraCorp, was only in business from 93 to 96. But the QuadraTracker story doesn't end there. And now, the rest of the story. It sure seems to me like it should end there. It doesn't. Um, in the early 2000s, a UK company called Global Technical uh, released a, a product called the Mole Programmable Detection System, which was, if you, uh, if you see one, uh, a quadra tracker. It, it right down to the, the wand and everything? It has different stickers <laughs> on it, well. but the same exact device. And because this was in the UK, it, uh, they did not, I guess, get the memo from the FBI. And, the, and Global Technical was extremely successful in selling the mole programmable detection system because we were now in a um, – they were marketing it to a global uh, drug and police enforcement So they're selling climate. it to – they're selling it to – Drug agents in Iraq, Cambodia, and, and Mexico, and yeah. Thailand, and Afghanistan, and Singapore, and on and on. Um, there, they changed the devi- name of the device to the GT two hundred, the Global Technical two hundred, and it retailed for twenty two thousand pounds. Well, it's inflation. Uh, it also could detect, uh, in addition to the other things, I, I think I mentioned ivory um but it could uh, the the gt200 i mean it could find uh, car bombs in the next town um it had a lot of uh, basically there wasn't anything that you could detect that it couldn't detect that's what makes it so great um that there was another UK company that sold a very similar slash identical device called the Alpha 6. Um, that was uh, that company was called the Advanced Tactical Security and Communications Limited. Um, and are, are any of these outfits connected to our old friends? No. Our old friends, um, as far as one can tell... Uh, you know, uh, they, they Wade Quattlebaum got out of the business. They got out of the fraud game. He uh, he he only died in he just died not that long ago in 2016, I think. And uh, and weirdly, his obituary does not mention uh, it. It talks about him being an avid sportsman, but it is not. It does not talk about oh, the, how he found his golf balls. No, the quadratracker. Um, no, this appears to be an example of maybe trademark infringement. Uh, but, but, uh, once you've got a good idea and once you've got a, 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 a dowsing rod, is it really clo- works. Is it close enough that clearly it's not just a parallel scheme? It's it, actually somebody who was aware of the success the quarter tracker had in the U S it's hard to believe that Wade Quattlebottom isn't in, I want to call him Quattlebottom, uh, that Quattlebottom isn't involved because it is exactly the same device huh. in every respect. I, I'm not sure uh, down to the dead ants. But it has the... Yeah, I mean, in the UK, maybe you switch them out for ladybugs. It has the card reader. It has the the whole nine. But a key difference is that in the UK, 
the device was actually um it was it was endorsed by the government because it was something that that uh that advanced tactical security and communications was taking to arms fairs and selling as a UK export to the nations of the world. And so the Royal Engineers actually uh, put on a demonstration of them at arms fairs and the UK Department of Trade was, was active in brokering deals, selling, um, selling the, uh, the GT 200 and the alpha six. Where's the oversight there? They were not interested in whether or not the, the stuff they were selling worked. Uh, well, I think the excitement, this was post nine 11 and post us <laughs> Afghan and, uh, Iraq wars. This was a, a boom time. If you were selling gadgets and, um, and so the, I, you know, I think the British government, was excited to get in on the game like any nation that was trying to sell guns and and uh and tanks and stuff and it's just magical thinking like the guy came and said hey this is a really great device that can see uh, ivory through walls and there was not it was just a uh i i guess a frenzy i just think plenty of lay people with you know with or without any kind of college degree would think there's no way that thing points at ivory through walls. I'm going to snap my fingers and point my finger at you. You're 100% right, Ken. If somebody walked in the room right now and pointed a transistor radio at us and said, my detector senses that you are wearing a funny outfit, I would go, get out of here. How did you get down into our bunker? We have seven layers of security. Uh, I don't get how anyone... Could have been taken in by this, but thousands were. It's it doesn't build a lot of uh, trust in law enforcement or any other institution. Uh, well, is well, I, that's you know what? That's not my point here. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying. You just to want to keep parking illegally. You don't. Want, you don't want to, law enforcement. But do we? Well, let me ask you this: Do we know anything about the motivations of the? people involved i mean they want to keep their country safe like it's basically theranos for cops right it, it yes it's a thing that doesn't work but those people were like if we just get the funding for this maybe we can get it working in time for the you know for the actual tests to work you know this is what i'm this but, is, but nobody working on this could have thought hey with a little more work i'll just get the right arrangement of ants on this index card <laughs> No, this is what I, I was getting at early on when I asked about your uh, moral code, which is, you know, there are a lot of people that get prosecuted for trying uh, to do something and failing or, you know, or fudging the numbers. But then for the greater good. But then there's the Theranos example where, wait a minute, there's just, there, this didn't work, but she pretended it did. And then there's this, where there was no, from the moment that Quattlebaum took a, a, like an empty game controller, glued some ants into it, and stuck a, a Radio Shack antenna on it, it was just pure malicious dishonesty. And the thing is, if he was telling you that you could hear your dead relatives, that's one thing. But he knew that pointing this device 
that people would take this device, point it at kids, and use it as an excuse to frisk them. You know, he. this was a... I almost think he's not... If he was a con artist, he wouldn't be gluing ants to paper. So you think he's insane? Yeah, that's the that's where I'm landing because you know if you want to just put like a weird looking microchip or circuit board in a little empty game controller, you can do so for a few dollars. Uh, the fact that he went to the trouble to glue ants to something makes me think, uh, on some level, that he thought that was a good solution to the problem. Whether the problem is finding ivory or tricking a tricking a school district, I'm not sure, but it, well, it, it's not the right response to either. Uh, uh, endeavor the 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 global technical company was headed by an englishman by the name of gary bolton who um who made over 45 million pounds selling uh the gt200 to nations of the world i guess we do have motive and was convicted in 2013 uh and was sent to prison for seven years for fraud uh he said when confronted with the fact that when when again it was discovered because it it the connection with the quadra tracker wasn't made there had to there was a whole new discovery process after these devices being used um in nations around the world and multiple instances of bomb detecting units pointing their quadra tracker at a motorcycle and saying this one's clear and then the motorcycle explodes and five people die Oops. Um, or, you know, the quadra tracker points at a car and says, this one's full of drugs and the car is empty, but three people, you know, were killed by the cops who were, you know, I mean, that must have happened all the time, all the time. And it, it only was investigated later. Now we're talking about 2013. Gary Bolton was, was convicted. He said at the time, the lack of electronic parts does not mean it does not operate to specifications. Hey, that seems very close to a, uh, a, right? a, a quad, quadrobomian settlement. Mm-hmm. Sentiment. Uh, the, uh, I think the president of another guy by the name of James McCormick uh, was convicted of fraud for this. But the true scale of the disaster was only really uh can only really be described by telling the story of the Thai army okay so these were bought in profusion by um by nations around the world india lebanon jordan china thai sh- the thai should be using it to find buried buddhas or whatever it is that that we've right read about troubles them it was sold to a lot of nations in africa zambia uganda kenya tanzania um as an ivory detection device to combat smuggling, mm-hmm. uh, the UN Environmental Program actually bought 15 GT200s to use in combating smuggling. Nice job, UN. Uh, in Mexico, they sold over 700 of these to uh, for $27 million. And in Mexico, they were known as the Devil's Ouija Board. <laughs> Uh, if you can think of all the kids that got pulled over and put against the wall, um, when it was suggested that there be some independent testing done of the Mexican ones within Mexican, uh, uh, you know, media, there was some suspicion like, what can this, what do what we should test this. And the Mexican army said, uh, that their contract prohibited independent testing. 
of the devices. It's analogous to the facilitated communication doctrine of um, it would be disrespectful to test these. That's right. But the Thai army uh, went bonkers. They bought um, somewhere close to 800 different ones of these devices equipped with 21 different sensor card packs. Wow. Um, making each device $36,000 uh, from a subsidiary company in Thailand called the Ava Satcom Limited. Um, and Ava Satcom sold these to the Thai government and the Thai, uh, the Thai army and police and, I mean, every branch, Air Force, Navy, every branch ended up using these devices to, in their estimation, great effect. Uh, so much so that when the, when the devices were shown to not work, the army and many Thai, you know, public figures actively denounced those results, said that, you know, maybe your science says that these don't work, but our soldiers in the field know better. We have, you know, convicted so many smugglers and gun runners and drugged out kids and ivory sm smugglers and, and, uh, rhinoceros riders, hamburglers, hamburglers. And so we're not giving them up no matter what you say. Uh, there was a, a, a corruption or an anti-graft commission that studied how this could possibly have gone so far awry. A lot of it's sunk costs, right? Like, we would look pretty dumb if these don't work, therefore they work. It's, it's why people, uh, people are still voting for Trump. Well, yeah, and, and the, the, the Thai army kept investing in them even after the, 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 you know, the founders in England had all been prosecuted and, uh, and sent to jail. The Ava, um, the Ava group, the Ava Satcom group, were put on trial as part of this anti-graft commission. But they said, "Look, we didn't even want to. We had nothing to do with these. The army came to us and said we needed to find them and bring them. The army decided that they needed them. The anti-graft commission only reached its final conclusions in 2018. Wow." And after 10 years of investigating the, uh, the GT 200s and the Quadra Rams and the, and the, the femur farmers, uh, they prosecuted three minor officials for, you know, irregular bookkeeping. Some scapegoats. Stephen Fry actually saw these in action on a visit to Kenya, uh, as part of, you know, w watch them being used to try and detect smuggled ivory. And he, it may not surprise you. Is this you, something he wrote about in a book? Or? He, yeah. Well, he was comment, he was quoted as saying, uh, and I don't think this will surprise you, knowing what we know about Stephen Fry, uh, that he said, that is a ridiculous device. And it is, and, and to employ it is cruel. It's cruelty to the, to the operator to ask them to. To credulously use yeah, it. To use this <laughs> as an ivory detector. That's a funny take. It's, yeah. a, it's a worker's comp issue. We need to send, we need to send our finest British panel show hosts around the world to just sanity check all the uh, all the law enforcement that's going on. That's right. They've got some free time. They only do, you know, they only do twenty shows a year. 
on some stage in Wales. I wish that I could tell you that that was the end of the story, but uh, there have been some recent devices, uh, including one. Now, these don't look exactly like quadratrackers. There's the SniffX and the SniffX Plus, which were developed by the Homeland Safety International oh, no, Corporation. Um, and the SniffX Plus, uh, the U.S. military actually bought eight of them for $50,000 just a few years ago. Just recently, only to find out that it's also a, an, an empty Theranos box? It's an empty Theranos box, but what's interesting about the SniffX is that the people running the SniffX company, it was actually just a front for a stock-floating gambit where they released a bunch of press releases touting the ability of the SniffX Plus to find drugs and guns and pump up the stock and their stock went from 80 cents to $6 and they made $32 million overnight. But the, but they got busted by the sec for a securities fraud in 2014 in Egypt, a device called the CFAST device was sold and its claim was it could detect hepatitis C. <laughs> the C and CFAST is for hep C. But as recently as... Do you have to have a Polaroid picture of a hepatitis uh, bacteria to put in there? You put a fingerprint of somebody and it can sniff the fingerprint and then it knows whether you have hep C. Uh. But as recently as 2020, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard in Iran uh, was touting the success of the Mastan 110 COVID detecting... Uh, quadra tracker. I guess we're lucky in the same way that mRNA vaccines were already in the pipeline. We're lucky that the same tech that lets an empty box find ivory and golf balls also works on the coronavirus. That's right. That's right. Well, we'd be in a much worse world if, if that strange coincidence hadn't happened. You know, uh, science and technology make our lives easier. And that concludes the Quadro Tracker, entry 1016.LK1202, certificate number 21137, in the omnibus. Uh, if you're also interested in uh, devices that do nothing but cause scandal and unhappiness, maybe social media is for you. We, are, we are at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick and at Omnibus Project on various platforms until we get deplatformed from them. Uh, you can... Does Omnibus on Twitter have a blue check? It does or doesn't? <laughs> it does not. No, it doesn't. I feel like Omnibus... Nothing to lose. Omnibus Project on Twitter, I was I was very uh, diligent about keeping up with. <laughs> it's, it's been like... <laughs> it's been over a year, I think. Um, yeah, Elon can have it. Uh, you can also email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. Uh, send us your own dry dance to P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington. 98155 uh, find fellow futurelings on reddit and uh, facebook and whatnot facebook now the second uh, less evil uh, social media billionaire outfit never, never thought i'd see the day never thought i'd see the day you, you thought they would have that title sewn up for decades to come but no currently in second place uh, and uh, most importantly at patreon.com slash omnibus project if you're interested in spending you know, writing a blank check for a thing of, uh, you know, probably no actual monetary value. What? Could I recommend our Patreon? Uh, I mean, it's think of the well-being that comes of a Thai policeman 
knowing that his Jeep contains no uh, heroin. Right. In the same way, you can purchase that same peace of mind by supporting the show at patreon.com slash omnibus project. You'll receive um, imaginary perks and prizes. Uh, they're They're all ones and zeros, but they're pretty good. There's images, there's bonus shows. Um, you can suggest a show topic as, as Sean did day before yesterday. Uh, all good stuff. Um, go to patreon.com. Instead of buying crooked, uh, fraudulent uh, law enforcement equipment, support patreon.com slash project. Future links from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. But if Providence allows, we wish you many goods and cheese, and hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the office.